As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. We are back for part two of our leadership series. I am so excited to dive into the second part of chapter two of John Maxwell's book called Leadership, the 11 essential changes every leader must embrace. And today we're gonna pick up in chapter two, and the name of that chapter is Soloist to Conductor. If you happen to grab the book, we're gonna pick up on page 31. So if you missed last week's episode, which was leadership part one, then you know I am reading from John Maxwell's book in chapter two, Soloist to Conductor, in our two-part leadership series. I may extend this, but uh, only the first two parts will be me actually reading from the book because I just think he is amazing. And this book has really shifted my perspective on leadership. And also, this is just such perfect timing. I recently got off of a call about 40 minutes ago with our Rise to Legendary clients and their teams. So one of the cool elements that we have incorporated as a value add in our mastermind program for, these are business owners who have multiple six-figure businesses. I think the person, like probably the, the highest gross revenue per year uh, out of that group is around $500,000 a year. And a couple of them have hit a million dollars total in their business in the last couple of years. A couple of them have increased their revenue from last year to this year by between 100 and 200%. We have someone else in the program who's been a business owner for 24 years and 2021, and it's November at the date of this recording. Uh, she has made the most money in gross revenue this year than any of the previous 24 years in her business. We had another client who was released from her job, her career, where she was making multiple six figures during the pandemic in March of 2020. She is already um, made back in her business what her multiple six-figure income was from her job. So naturally, this is a group where they are really moving from being a soloist to the conductor in their company. You know, for all of us, when we first start our businesses, we are solopreneurs. It's us doing all the things. We are the marketer, the salesperson, the copywriter. We're the operations department. We are delivering the services, we are creating all the content, we are managing our finances or not managing our finances. So we're running, we're doing all the things. And, and a lot of people, you know, online business owners specifically, usually the first team member they bring on is a virtual assistant and they're a contractor. So ultimately as a solopreneur, you are the client of all these other contractors that you're hiring. And most of our clients, uh, they we all have, you know, they all have contractors who are working for them, and they're really starting to notice, huh? Maybe I should start thinking about bringing people on to the team, and you could hire from within who are more of a part-time or full-time employee of the company who's going to grow with me for years, 
and be really invested in the growth of the vision and the mission of the company. So uh, one of the things that we noticed about all of our clients is they were all starting to really put themselves and position themselves into the seat of the leader who is now for the first time for many of them leading a team of people and growing their business to the next level. And we noticed this and found like, wow, we should start having a once a month training call where not only can our clients attend the call, they can invite their team members to the call. So we've been doing this since March or April of of this year, 2021. And it has been so phenomenal. The feedback we've received from our clients and from their team members, we have definitely done our research with both groups separately and individually. We are actually going to be creating a program in the future next year. This will be 2022 at the beginning of the year. Uh, It will be myself and my business partner with that that business venture. It's a separate business venture, Elizabeth Galperin. Um, She also helps me out with our programs here at MeganJohnsonHuber.com. She and I have this other business venture, and we're going to roll out a 90-day program where we are teaching you how to be the leader of your team in your business. So we're really excited for that. We have some other things coming next year. Um, But also, if you are looking to join a mastermind program, if you are already at multiple six figures and you have got offers, you know your stuff works, you already have a team member or two or maybe more than that and you are looking for a a high-level mastermind that I would also say is an incredible community, an incredible sisterhood. All of our clients are constantly supporting one another. They are teaching in each other's programs. They are collaborating with each other on projects. They are running in-person retreats together. They are supporting each other personally and professionally. It is such an incredible group of business owners and women So if that's something you are interested in, knowing that we also support you with the leadership and the team piece, uh, let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram or reach out to me. You can go to my website. You can email me at info at structuredfreedom.com. And I'd love to chat with you if that is what you're looking for in 2022. Also, we have in-person retreats. So we are going to Zihuatanejo, Mexico in January, at the end of January, we're looking at going to Egypt at the end of May, beginning of June. And then we're looking at going to potentially Tulum, Mexico as our third retreat towards the end of next year, 2022. So uh, connect with me if that sounds like it could be a good fit for you. All right, let's dive on in to chapter two of John Maxwell's leadership book. We are in chapter two part two of our leadership series. And I'm diving in on page 31, where it says, change your focus from receiving to giving. If you missed part one of the series, make sure you go back and listen to that. All right, here we go. As I've already mentioned, as a young leader, I was focused on how people could help me, not on how I could help them and add value to them. My thinking was selfish. It was also short-sighted. Having lived in a farming community early in my career, I should have known better. I should have thought about the sowing and reaping principle. Sowing always precedes reaping. As leaders, our question each day should not be, will I reap a harvest? Instead, it should be, have I sowed seeds today? I know I'm changing my metaphor from music to farming, but stay with me. Said another way, am I trying to add value or take value? Am I focused on receiving or giving? 
As a soloist, it's very easy to make everything about myself. How am I performing? Is the orchestra making me sound good? Is my technique as good as I want it to be? Is my audience appreciating me and my performance? Is this moment helping my career? Good leaders shift from being self-focused to others-focused. They give more than they take. They focus on sowing, not reaping. As leaders, we need to maintain a seed-sowing mindset. What does that mean? It means we should focus on adding value daily, add as much value as possible, as often as possible, never wait to add value, give without keeping score so motives stay pure, welcome any return as an unexpected blessing. I want to spend the remainder of this chapter on the idea of adding value to those we conduct. I want to drill down on each aspect of this mindset so that you can embrace and practice it as a leader. So let's tackle each one in turn. Number one, focus on adding value daily. Every day I look at my calendar and ask myself, where can I add value today? This question prepares me mentally to be ready to add value to others within the framework of my day. I review the scheduled meetings and activities to discover where I can be intentional about helping people. I also ask myself what additional opportunities to help others will be given to me today. When I ask myself this question in the morning, I usually don't know what the answer will be, but by asking it, I create positive anticipation, which prepares me mentally and emotionally to seek out and identify moments when I will be able to show pos sow positive seeds in the lives of others. My experience over the years has convinced me that we receive what we believe, and that applies to opportunities to add value to others. Because I expect to have many opportunities, I'm able to act on them. This is part of a positive cycle, a circle of action that makes the world a better place. It looks like this. At the top of the next page, there is a graphic, a visual, and there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven words in these blocks, and they're in a circle with arrows going around. At the top of the circle, belief, and then an arrow pointing to the right. So we're going to go clockwise from the top. Belief leads to anticipation, leads to intention, leads to focus, leads to opportunity, leads to action, leads to passion, then back up to belief. Belief encourages anticipation. Anticipation creates intention. Intention helps us prioritize focus. Focus helps us see opportunity. Only when we see the opportunity are we able to take action on it. When we do, it inflames our passion to do more good. That in turn fuels belief and the cycle begins all over again. This is a circle you definitely want to keep unbroken. Number two, add as much value as possible as often as possible. It's clear that there is a direct relationship between the seeds we sow and the harvest we reap. The amount of value we add to others determines the possible return. The fewer the seeds, the smaller the harvest. The more seeds, the greater the harvest. This seems obvious. So I have a question for you. Why do so many people sow so few seeds? Why do people not give more generously to others? Why do people not help others more? Everyone would like to reap a great harvest. I would, wouldn't you? How can you hope to have a big return with a small investment? The foundation and core of every realized dream come from sowing positive seeds. As leaders, we must stop wishing and start working. Instead of looking for the secret sauce of success, we must start sowing seeds of success. My friend, James Crocker, a successful entrepreneur, recently shared a story with me. He had agreed to be a sponsor for a charity event and had decided along with his wife that the money they gave for sponsorship would be the extent of their contribution. But when they attended the banquet that was, that was part of the event and heard the organization's vision and needs, they decided to give more money to the cause. 
Later that night, after he got home, James wondered if they had given too much. As he processed this question, he thought about something that had occurred to him several months before. James and a few of his friends went out on a boat trip to fish for lobsters and had succeeded in gathering a massive catch of 125 lobsters. When he got home, he had a freezer full of lobsters, more than enough to last him an entire year. The day after James got home, his friend Jeff dropped by the house and James offered him a lobster. Jeff was delighted. This interaction prompted James to ask himself, who else do I know who might like to have a lobster? James got so excited by the idea of giving friends lobsters that by the end of the week, he had given away 122 lobsters, leaving only three for himself. He had such a great time giving, he didn't even mind that his supply had dwindled from enough for a year to enough for a meal. A few days later, James went into his garage and was assaulted by a terrible stench. He followed his nose to the freezer and opened it to find that the electricity had gone out and his remaining three lobsters had spoiled. As he cleaned up the mess, he felt sorry for himself, but then he remembered all the lobsters he had given away and it gave him great joy. If he hadn't shared his bounty with others, all of it would have been wasted. James applied his lobster lesson to his donation to the charity event, and he was glad to have given more. He discovered that you don't lose the seeds you sow. The only ones wasted are the ones you don't sow. He had embraced the truth of this paradoxical statement. What you keep, you lose, and what you lose, you keep. Number three, never wait to add value. Too many people wait to do good. It's as though they're waiting for permission or inspiration, but we should never delay sowing seeds that benefit others. Instead, we should follow the motto, be the first to give or add value to another person when you can. When you add value to others, especially when you do it early and unprompted, you inspire others with your example. I know I've been inspired by the positive actions of others. For example, when my mentor, Les Perot, uh, shared with me that the reason he wrote books was to add value to people, I was inspired to start doing the same. Going back to my childhood, when I watched my father walk slowly through the crowd to touch the lives of others, I could see how people positively responded to him, and I wanted to do the same. These examples inspired me to be more giving, to sow seeds into the lives of others. There's another good reason not to wait to help others. People remember those who added value to them, and they're especially grateful to those who helped them first. I know I am. Thousands of people have sowed positive seeds into my life, too many to count. However, I remember many of those who were the first to sow into my life in a particular way. My fourth grade teacher, Mr. Horton, was the first person to tell me I was a leader. Glenn Leatherwood, my junior high Sunday school teacher, was the first to share with me that there was a calling in my life. My mother was the first person to unconditionally love me. Professor Don Brown was the first person who told me I was gifted, and Pastor Paul Dorsey was the first one to say my future held great promise. Should I continue? I can name a hundred people who were the first to sow positive seeds in my life in a particular area. I remember so many of them. Why? They were first. We can remember hundreds of firsts in our lives, yet we have difficulty remembering even a handful of people who added value second in a given area. Being first sets givers apart. Don't hesitate to help another person by sowing a positive seed in his or her life and value as early and often as you can. Help others to play music better. You just might become the leader someone remembers for encouraging them to greatness. Number four, give without keeping score so motives stay pure. I know that I've already explained how we keep, can't reap a harvest if we don't sow seeds and we can't get a return without first giving. 
But receiving should not be our motive for giving. We live in a tit-for-tat culture. People are willing to scratch our backs if we are willing to scratch theirs. As leaders who add value to others, we should never keep score. We should sow seeds because it's the right thing to do. That's the only way to be sure our motives remain pure. My thinking has changed over the years in this area. In the beginning, I was motivated by the return I would receive. I was focused on the harvest. I already shared how Zig Ziglar's quote about helping others changed my focus. But over time, I realized that placing emphasis on the return was diminishing the joy of helping others. I was thinking about how much and how long I had to give, not on how I was helping. Besides, when you add value to others, there isn't a guaranteed return. At that time, my focus began to shift from return to recognition. I realized that even if I never saw a return, I could at least receive recognition for the effort I was making. After all, abundant seed sowers are not common. When they show up, they stand out. And I liked being recognized for giving. But again, I realized that my quest for recognition undermined my efforts to help others. I'm sorry to say that there were times I'd hesitate to give unless someone was watching to see it. Anonymous givers don't get the photo op. I know it's unfortunate, but that's the way I thought. My attitude began shifting when I remembered the words of Jesus, who said, whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me because I'm a person of faith. Those words convicted me, but they also assured me God sees the value we add to others. And it's like we did it for him. That finally brought me to the correct belief about helping others that it is the right thing to do. It's always the right thing to do. Anytime, any place, anyone. And the right way to do it is any way you can. Any day we are giving is a good day and we should never keep score. And finally, number five, welcome any return as an unexpected blessing. When my leadership mindset began focusing on adding value by sowing positive seeds in the lives of others, I became more creative about how I could do that. I started my career by speaking once a week to my tiny congregation. Soon I started creating resources and sharing them. In time, I added writing. I started teaching at conferences and later I started hosting my own events. I trained leaders so that they could train the people who followed them. Beginning in 2009, I expanded to include social media. I started companies that develop leaders in businesses and corporations, and I started training coaches. All that time, my focus was on adding value. My goal was only to sow seeds, but I have to say the return has been incredible. The influence I have been given and the value I've added is far greater than I ever imagined it could be. And it feels as though the harvest has multiplied way beyond the seeds I've sown. That has been a great blessing. If you keep sowing seeds and you do it while focusing on the giving rather than the receiving, I believe you too will receive a harvest of unexpected blessings. These are my thoughts on adding value. And that's what leaders do who shift from soloist to conductor. They focus on helping others to be their best. In the end, can you be a successful person as a soloist? The answer is undoubtedly yes. Can you be a successful leader? I would say maybe, but only in a very limited way. To reach your leadership potential, and more importantly, to help others reach their individual and team potential, you need to make the shift from soloist to conductor. If you are willing to make that shift and do the work of leading others well, then you might have the opportunity to live a life like the one described by author Matthew Kelly, who wrote, in a land where there are no musicians, in a land where there are no storytellers, teachers, and poets, in a land where there are no men and women of vision and leadership, 
in a land where there are no legends, saints, and champions, in a land where there are no dreamers, the people will most certainly perish. But you and I, we are the music makers. We are the storytellers, teachers, and poets. We are the men and women of vision and leadership. We are the legends, the saints, and the champions. And we are the dreamers of the dreams. I would add that we are the conductors who help others make beautiful music together. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.